Welcome to the Mastify's Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, John Hooley. We have limited ourselves from the TCT stories that we have been talking about all this week because Sean did a lovely wrap-up on Mastify. Do you want to tell them a little bit about it before we get into the news for the day? Yeah, well, you, you've heard most of the stories. Uh, we talked about them that are included in the roundup, but there's a few more I, I think we may have skipped on this podcast, but plenty to go around from Medtronic, Abbott, Edwards, Phillips, GE Healthcare, Gina Valve, just all all sorts of stories about all sorts of cardiovascular technologies. So definitely check out Mass Device and take a look at the roundup to see if you may have missed anything. And what's the news that we're going to talk about today? Well, today we'll talk about earnings from Boston Scientific. As we get deeper into earnings season, there'll be a few more of these to come. Positive data from Tandem Diabetes Care, a CE Mark win for Edwards, a breakdown of how Abbott developed its accessible and affordable CGM technology, and news of layoffs at Accuray. What's the first thing that we need to know for today? Well, as of the time of recording, Boston Scientific stock was up slightly on its street-beating third quarter performance and raised earnings per share guidance. Another strong quarter for Boston Scientific, which which has been on a bit of a roll of late. How did some of the company's segments perform? The company reported 10.6% growth in its med surge segment and 11.6% growth in cardiovascular unit. Endoscopy and urology led the med surge unit with strong quarters in particular, growing 12.6% and 11.5% respectively. What comments did the CEO offer about the performance? Mike Mahoney said that the company achieved another quarter of strong performance thanks to the hard work of a talented global team, differentiated medical technologies that improved the lives of patients across the globe. As the company shared at its recent Investor Day meeting, it feels it's well-positioned for the long-term, backed by category leadership strategy, strong pipeline of innovation, and a track record of strong commercial execution. What does it expect financially for the rest of the year? Well, it expects adjusted EPS between $1.99 and $2.02 for the full year. It's a slight rise from the previous range of $1.96 to $2 flat. It also projects 11% sales growth, which lands at the midway point of its previously announced range of 10.5% to 11.5%. Now let's talk about one of those diabetes stories that you have. Yeah, Tandem Diabetes Care shared some positive data on its artificial pancreas technology more substance supporting the use of automated insulin delivery technology. And the concept of artificial pancreas devices is really interesting to me. So what data points stuck out to you from this story? Yeah, well, it was the largest prospective study of Tandem's Control IQ hybrid closed loop technology to date. 12-month results showed that, among other things, lower adverse events for type 1 diabetes patients using the technology. In the study, control IQ led to lower observed rates for both severe hypoglycemia and diabetic ketoacidosis across all demographics. Adult participants on average achieved greater than 70% time and range. Pediatrics also topped 60% CGM time and range. The study also observed a reduction in adverse events independent of baseline HbA1c, prior insulin therapy, or prior CGM experience. So Tandem said the lowest rate was most profound for people switching from multiple daily injections, demonstrating the benefits of the automated insulin delivery technology for people who didn't even previously consider pump therapy. I know Tandem's Moby device also recently was named as one of the best inventions of 2023 by Time Magazine. So 
There's some interesting technology going on there at Tandem Diabetes. Can you tell us a little bit about the technology that was used in this study? Yeah, so Control IQ technology is sort of the software behind the Mobi and the T-Slim X2, which is the flagship pump system from Tandem. Mobi was a newer, smaller pump patch pump system that was actually cleared earlier this year. And it automatically observes and manages blood glucose levels employing an insulin pump, whether it's T-Slim or Mobi, using sophisticated algorithms based on glucose monitoring data from the Dexcom G6, adjusting insulin dosage as required. So the FDA has cleared Control IQ for use in individuals age six and older with type 1 diabetes. What's the next thing that we should know? Next thing is that Edwards won CE mark for its Mitris Resilia valve. It's actually a second CE mark for an Edwards heart implant in the last week or so. So the company continues to roll on the regulatory wins. So what is that Mitris Resilia valve? Well, it was designed with bovine pericardial tissue technology specifically for the heart's mitral position. Bovine tissue reduces calcium buildup in the valve, preserving and protecting the tissue, and it allows the valve to potentially last longer than conventional bioprosthetic valves. Edwards employs this uh, Resilia tissue technology in many of its heart implants. What are some of its features? Well, it's got a saddle-shaped sewing cuff that mimics the asymmetric shape of a native mitral valve. The low-profile valve is based on paramount design from Edwards with a nitinol wire form to fold inward during implantation. And the valve is visible under fluoroscopy, so that facilitates future transcatheter interventions for patients. So the CE mark obviously comes at an interesting time as we've been talking about Edwards facing this antitrust scrutiny in Europe. So executives must be optimistic about this. Absolutely. John Barry, Edwards Senior Vice President of Surgical in Europe, said that the Resilia tissue technology is designed for enhanced durability, supporting improved quality of life for patients and relieving the burden on healthcare systems. So they're very sort of buoyed by the, the news. And now let's talk diabetes again. Yeah, we've got a story on how Abbott developed an accessible, affordable CGM in the Freestyle Libre system. I was lucky enough to sit in on Mark Taub's presentation at Device Talks West, where he walked us through Abbott's development of one of the market's leading CGMs. So this story sort of breaks down the story that he shared there in Santa Clara. Tell us a little bit about how glucose meters became sort of this standard of care and how Abbott wanted more from that. Yeah, so blood glucose meters were sort of the early diabetes care method. Pricking fingers for blood and testing it, it was a time-consuming and painful way to do things, among other problems. So Abbott first looked at improving that, which it did with the initial freestyle products that required less blood and took a lot less time to test. But as Taub explained, it soon became clear that there was sort of more technology that they could access to make managing diabetes easier. So how did it get started in the CGM business? So the first CGM at Abbott, the Freestyle Navigator, used what the company called cutting-edge wired enzyme technology, translating the user's electrochemical signal from the interstitial fluid in their arm into glucose data from a sensor just underneath the skin. Uh, its tail was made from a thin filament about three hairs wide, that was the width, but instead of blood glucose, it measured that interstitial fluid glucose every 60 seconds and transmitted the data to a wireless device. Taub said at the time, which I believe was 2008 when it was launched, it was considered groundbreaking technology, but that didn't last long as the company continued to make enhancements, leading to you know, a much smaller, much easier to use device that we see today in the Freestyle Libre 2 and the next generation Freestyle Libre 3, which has just hit the market in the last year or so. 
What I find interesting about the Freestyle Libre is how easy it is to use. I mean, my 79-year-old grandmother has diabetes and she uses the Freestyle Libre. And when I watch her use it, it's just as simple as her just holding her phone up to the device on her arm. And it's just really fascinating to me. So what makes Abbott's technology consumer-based? Yeah, well, it's definitely a key part of Taub's presentation. And he, he sort of explained it like people have an intimate relationship with their sensors. They wear them to bed in the shower, things like that. They have them with them at every critical juncture of the day because they're wearing them all the time. It sort of struck me the way that in whether for better or for worse, the way I view my smartphone where, yeah, I'm using it all the time and it's most people's prized consumer products. So I think that's the point he's getting to where it feels a medical need, but Abbott wanted to make it accessible and easy to use, like, say, an iPhone or, or like the way tech companies would look at a consumer product. So it's it's a similar point to one that Eric Benjamin from Insulate made at last year's Device Talks Boston about this intersection of consumer and med tech that I think certainly in diabetes tech we're getting to, where people are able to sort of choose between different pumps and sensors and all sorts of things. And, and in med tech in general, it's it's quite an interesting trend that I think we'll be seeing a lot more of. Fascinating. And Sean has a way longer breakdown on this story on Mass Device. So we'll we'll share that link in the show notes. But what is the last thing that we need to know for today? The last thing is some more somber news, I suppose. Accurate laid off nearly 6% of its global workforce. We've obviously gone actually a fair bit of time without major layoffs in medtech, but we've got another example here is, you know, it, it won't seem to go away. Why is Accurate laying off employees? company said that last month, in accordance with its margin expansion plan, it would commit to a cost-saving initiative designed to reduce operating costs through the reduction of its workforce. What will this cost the company? It expects the initiative to cost about $2.5 million, and it'll be recorded in the second quarter of fiscal 2024. The company expects to complete the, these measures in the second quarter of 2024 as well. So we should we should know more then. And hasn't the company made a few investments this year? Yeah. So despite this workforce reduction, it's clear that the company isn't exactly moving in reverse. Uh, just over a month ago, it opened the Accuray Center for Education Training Center at its corporate headquarters, which it actually moved from California to Wisconsin over the summer. So that facility has several Accuray radiation therapy systems for training, lab spaces for advanced remote learning capabilities. So yeah, I would say, you know, just a slight reduction in workforce isn't you know going to derail the company. And they clearly think that this cost-saving initiative will set it in good stead for the future. And that's all the news that we have for today. Thank you, Sean, for bringing us all these insights. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch. K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooli, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us next week for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. 